Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Fresh Out, the podcast. Now, with 50% less swearing, I am the board game guru and game master extraordinaire, Jahananan. It's me, it's me, Casualty CDG, retired child crimes and human trafficking detective, turned tabletop titan and improv comedian. And I am the professional media and movie mastermind, the funhouse Drew Munhausen, and welcome to episode... 39 of fresh out the podcast um it has been a week since will smith slapped chris rock on stage at the oscars but more importantly it has now been two and a half days since i saw morbius what do you mean What, what do you mean what do i mean i didn't watch the oscars what happened you're you're this is a bit right I, I did I, also, I did not watch the Oscars. I don't know what you're talking about. I also you, didn't I didn't watch you, the Oscars. You, Will Smith slapped the rock? Oh my god. This is a bit this is a bit y'all planned this beforehand. I yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, man. How would we plan what you were going to say? Yeah, this is a really good fucking question. I can't tell if y'all are being serious, if Jahan's serious that he doesn't know about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars. I, I did not watch the Oscars. Do you, do you live under a rock? I do not. I've been busy, is why. Were people talking about it? Oh, boy. Gary, back me up here. I didn't watch the Oscars either. Yeah, I know, but I know for a fact that you know about this situation. Uh, y'all are going to make me so mad. I'm about to get up and walk away. Are you talking? Are you talking about the rock? <sighs> no. I don't know then. Will Smith. Why? Okay, the guy from Wild Wild West. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, Anyways um, okay. I hate both of you. <laughs> um. So I. So obviously, I've been talking about the Oscars a lot leading up to the ceremony itself that took place last week. And I thought about doing an emergency episode to talk about results of the podcast, but obviously there was one defining event of the ceremony itself that everybody was talking about. Yeah, Apparently the fresh Prince slapped the actor that plays the young rock. And anyways, I, I just didn't, want to add to all of the noise of the conversation that was going on then that's still going on Mm. um and that's kind of still how i feel about it what i'm happy about is that coda did win best picture coda won best picture okay that's awesome that's interesting which i was very excited for uh, one of the local theaters here there's like a regular movie theater and there's kind of like an art house theater and that one's going to be playing coda for like a week coming up which I That's thought was awesome. kind of cool. I saw that it was going to be getting a theatrical run or a limited theatrical run after its win, and I looked at the theaters around me, which of course are all chains, you know, AMC and Regals, and I didn't see anybody that would be that was going to be playing it. So um, I think that's actually really cool. I I've been singing that movie's praises for months. Um, yeah. You know, it was in my top five of last year. I think it was my number one when we did our top five movies of last year. Um, so to see it finally come out on top and win the 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 big award, you know, I, I was really excited for it. And uh, there's been that news of how Apple TV Plus has seen like a 25% spike mm. in users since the Oscars, since its win. And Coda itself, the viewership on it has gone up like 300% since it won. So, um yeah, it's great. I'm glad that more people are able to see it. It's the first streaming movie to win Best Picture. Yeah, um, so that's Apple's huge. The first, the first uh, of the streaming services to get that honor after but Netflix is, has been trying for years. In in my opinion, that is kind of with an asterisk, right? Because Apple didn't make that movie. They bought that movie from like Sundance, right? Correct. It was a Sundance movie. They spent like a record amount of money on it. And, uh, and put it on their service and then ran a really pretty flawless campaign here at the end of award season. I think if the Oscars had taken place a month sooner, we probably would have seen different results. But the momentum Coda had going into the ceremony, it was like kind of undeniable. I mean, the cast went and visited the White House 
like two weeks before or a week Damn. before. I mean, That's they're doing it. all kinds of stuff. They were everywhere. Um, not to, I mean, I really liked Coda, but not to play it down or anything, but isn't, it's also like a remake of a German or a French film also, right? It is. It is a remake. I can't remember the origin of the original, but so it is a remake. So to me, it's like an asterisk on an asterisk, like, hey, yeah, you won with your best streaming movie, except you didn't make it, and it was an American version of a foreign film. Like, it was great. I loved Coda, but... <laughs> I mean, that's completely fair. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, and, and to your point, it's like, you've got all these other movies at the Oscars, like uh, Power of the Dog had, you know, 12 nominations between different categories. Dune had... a ton of nominations and won all those below the line category or a lot of them but like coda was nominated for three awards for best adapted screenplay because it is an ad adaptation of the the previous one uh for best supporting actor for troy Kotzer, and then yeah, for best picture yeah. and it won all three of them it won the three that it was nominated for so um i can't remember if it was nominated for any other ones but it was not you know it wasn't one of those like t record 12 13 plus nominations there were no no other acting nominations for the movie other than Troy Kotzer. The director wasn't nominated for Best Director, but she did get the screenplay Oscar, so she still walked home with an Oscar. Um, yeah, Coda, Coda had a really great showing. Power of the Dog won no, uh, uh, none other than than Best Director, which going into uh, the, okay, the show, I it? thought was going to be a big, a big power player at the Oscars, and it wasn't. Well, that's good so. that she won. I, I thought that. Uh... Benadryl Cumberbund was might win Best Actor. I I thought if if Will Smith wasn't gonna win it, he was gonna win it. But Will Smith did win it. Um, yeah, it just you know I I look forward to watching the Oscars every year. Um, the Oscars, the organization, the the Academy, you know they have different producers each year that try to go above and beyond to make the show entertaining and do different things. And in the end, most of that stuff you know, doesn't really work or is cheesy. Um, and usually there's things naturally on their own that happen that are what kind of capture the attention of everybody. Obviously the Will Smith drama um, kind of took over the show and is what this show is going to be remembered for. And it's just kind of disappointing Did for me as somebody that, that he slept the guy from everybody hates Chris. Gosh, this is, this is the worst bit that y'all have trolled me with. I, in the history Did he, the was show. it during his acceptance speech? Did he I'm just going to move on from from. Did this. he slap them with an Oscar? Oh, that'd be great. I can't. I can't. I just. I. I know how bad of podcasting this is. I just stare blankly at the screen, <laughs> looking at these guys as they troll me. I just. I. Oh. Oh boy. Um. Uh, <laughs> I like to think that everyone in their cars are enjoying their work day. They're doing the same thing as you. They just stop and like stare blankly like are these guys what 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 are these guys even doing right now so i think that, that you doing it gives them all a moment to breathe <laughs> um but yeah i just i kind of feel like this thing that i really like and enjoy watching that kind of got overshadowed by all this other negativity and it's just it's it stinks it's like i uh, does that even make sense? The sentiment I'm trying to to express. It's just nope. Because I have like... no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no. Like so, uh, it was uh... a bad thing. It wasn't staged. No. Okay. It wasn't like a bit. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Um. Here's what I'll I'll transition into. That's for sure not a bit. Morbius. I <laughs> are you sure Morbius is a bit? <laughs> Here's the thing. I genuinely wanted both of y'all to see it originally and for us to do an episode on it because I expected it to be bad, but I thought we would be able to have a fun discussion about it. Um I did go see it and it was bad, but it's not even fun. Bad. <laughs> like it's just kind of boring and bad. Like it's just Okay, you can absolutely tell that they took the formula for Venom that mm. worked for them. Venom made a lot of money. It's not good, but it's has its funny moments, and it's very bizarre, and Tom Hardy's super charismatic. 
And they tried to use that same formula. You've got kind of this villain anti-hero main character who ends up fighting a villain that has, of course, the exact same powers as what he has. So it results in this big CGI fight with random slow-mo parts, like almost exactly the same as the final fight in the in, at the end of the first Venom movie. I mean, it is it is like beat for beat similar in structure, but with none of the fun, none of the humor, none of the charisma, and it is just so bland. Um, say what you will about Jared Leto, he's definitely not my favorite, but I've definitely seen things with him in it where he's charismatic or at least he's doing something. And in this, he's, he's just so nothing. He's so boring. Um, yeah, I couldn't even sit and laugh about how not good this movie was. Like it just, it wasn't even enjoyable from that standpoint. Um, which, which of course, like me saying that probably is making people want to see it just so they can be like, surely it's not that bad and not that boring. But it, but it is. There's no humor. There's nothing. There's nothing good. I wish I had anything to add, but based on only a year and a half of trailers, I was pretty sure that Morbius was going to be the worst superhero movie of this year. And, you know, that's sans any independent films. You know, you, you never know what indie directors are going to do. Those don't count. But I don't think that another major studio is going to make a worse superhero movie this year. And maybe not a worse movie. This might be the worst movie of the year. And so, uh, yeah, and Matt Smith, uh, one of the former Doctor Who doctors, mm-hmm. plays the villain in this movie. And he is, is usually pretty likable as well. But here's the thing. There's, there's just... Ugh, this movie's so weird, you guys. The writing of it is bizarre. So, <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, it's a flashback where so, and, Morbius, yeah. Jared Leto's character, is a kid. And he's in this hospital-like facility because he has this blood disorder that causes his legs to be crippled and, you know, whatever. And Matt Smith's character comes in as a little kid and has the same issue. And they become friends. But when Matt Smith's the younger version of his character shows up. He's like, my name is whatever Lucius or something. And Morbius character is like, no, your name's Milo because previously there was a Milo here and you're just the new Milo. And the kid doesn't object to it. And even as an adult is Milo, it reminds me of our friend, Chad. We have a friend that has been redubbed Chad that we call Chad. His name's Nick. Same thing in this movie, but it's never, never addressed again. It's just this guy just starts going by Milo because that's what that's what Morbius called him as a kid. And it's not his name. It's so strange. It's it's just. I don't know. I don't know. I, I could go. I could definitely fill a whole episode with me just baffled at this movie. But boy, I thought it was going to be like a fun discussion and it, there was nothing fun about it. Well, that's good. Yeah, I I wanted to see it before this, but I got busy. I wound up watching something else that we're going to be talking about later. Uh, and, you know, I got, like, homework and stuff right now. <laughs> review of Morbius sounds like my review of the newest Matrix. Like, it just didn't do anything. It was boring, and it didn't do anything at all. It, it was just a waste of time. Yeah, and I'll uh do, do you mind if I spoil the the end or the post credits things in this I, movie? I don't mind at all. Go ahead, man. Okay. Spoiler so, alert. Yeah, spoilers if you don't want to hear this skip forward about a minute. Um shout the spoiler. spoiler alert. There's two post credit scenes in Morbius. The first post credit scene Shows the skyline of New York with the purple waves in the sky from Spider-Man No Way Home. So you know that there's some multiverse stuff going on. Mm. And in a empty prison cell appears Adrian Toomes, uh, played by Michael Keaton from Spider-Man Homecoming. So he has been transported into the Morbius world, if that makes sense. And it's just... You know, there's a brief minute of like, where'd this prisoner guy come from? Ah, well, he's, you know, we don't know who he is. Guess we'll let him go. That's it. That's that's the first post credit scene. So Michael Keaton's been transported into the Sony Marvel universe. Then there's a second post credit scene where Vulture, 
you know, Keaton in the full vulture gear with the wings. I don't know how he has his whole suit and everything <laughs> in this dimension because it doesn't seem like he that stuff got transported with him. Uh, but that's he had had a friend to stash this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Meets up with with Morbius in a field. Yeah, Morbius stash it for him. That's probably who it was. Sure. So Vulture and Morbius meet up in this field, and Vulture's like, Hey, I don't know why I'm here, but I think it has something to do with this Spider-Man guy. And Morbius is like, Okay. And Vulture's like, I don't know, even know what the heck he says. But basically is something about, like, Spider-Man's our enemy, and Morbius is just like, Okay. And like, that's how it ends. After this whole movie Doesn't of Morbius being a, a good guy who has had nothing to do with Spider-Man, meets this vulture man who appeared from another universe and recruits him to be part of his group to go after Spider-Man. It makes no sense. They're obviously trying to pull together some awful Sony version of the Sinister Six with uh, Vulture, Morbius, I assume Venom. We know they're doing a Craven the Hunter movie. No! Whatever, whatever <laughs> other villains they pull in. But whole, I, I like when it, the scene happened, and my eyes rolled so far back into my head, I could see my brain. It was, it was terrible. Uh, uh, at least Andrew Garfield gets to be Spider-Man again. That's the only positive thing that's going to come from all this. I saw a joke on either Twitter or Reddit or something, but they, I mean, the, the sentiment was was totally correct. It's like the Spider-Man actors right now between Tobey Maguire and. And Andrew Garfield, it's like, all right, who has to draw the short straw for this to be for these guys to be in their universe? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like who's gonna end up with being the Spider-Man in this world? Because oh boy, yeah. Uh, well, that's disappointing. I actually like Morbius in the comics. Uh, you know, I saw I didn't see that much of him, but from what I did see, I enjoyed his interactions with the other characters. Uh, I was hoping this would be great. I'm not a big Jared Leto guy. You guys know. Um, but I was willing to look past it, you know. You know how Jared Leto is a method actor? How do you think he prepared for his role as a vampire superhero? I don't know. It's, well, according to you, it doesn't seem like he prepared for it at all. <laughs> no, I mean, he really didn't do anything very vampiric. I mean, he's just super boring and occasionally gets CGI transformed into a meaner looking vampire when he wants blood. He could have at least done the vampire voice. It is I, Jared Leto. It's uh, me, Morbius, and I'm here to suck your blood in. So you said this movie was bad, was I it? kid you not, would have made for a much more entertaining movie. <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad enough to talk about. It's me, Morbius. Was it, uh, Inquiring Minds want to know, was this movie Cats Bad? Oh gosh, was it Cats Bad? I think it's a. I mean, don't let me don't let me speak for you, but it seems like a different kind of bad. Where cats is bad enough to say it's bad, Morbius is almost just pointless. Well, cats is also just kind of falls into the same trap of, despite all the things that people make fun of it for, you know, with the the CG and just the overall direction choices there. It's a boring movie too. Like, if, <laughs> I don't know if y'all have seen that new cats movie. Of it's a not. slog to sit through. It's a total slog. And uh, Morbius kind of is, too. So, I mean, they maybe they would be nice adjacent friends in the bad Man. movies realm. Now, that seems like a good thing to bring through the multiverse. Bring the cats into the Morbius films. Now, I'd watch that. <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> uh, see, that, I don't want to see cats. I have no desire. But I would like to be invited to one of Gary and Rachel's. Apparently, they have an annual tradition where they drink box wine and they watch cats. So <laughs> it sounds like a good time. I mean, it would take an entire uh, box of wine to get to the point where they, that movie is. They have started. an entire box of wine. For you, yeah, it's a requirement. <laughs> that seems awful. That seems like an awful thing to do. Drink a <laughs> box of wine and watch cats. Yeah, that seems terrible. Yeah, I'm so, not a fan of either of those things. <laughs> on the bright side, we don't have to talk about Morbius any more than we already have. That's a positive. Do we have but to instead, keep talking about cats? 
No. Oh, God, thank God. <laughs> so instead, My it allows Dumb, us to Dumb, focus on two newer shows that oh, have come yeah, out that we both, or we, excuse me, we all have been able to watch, um, which are Moon Knight and Halo. Um, do y'all have a preference for which of these we discuss first? No. Uh, no, no, no preference. Let's talk Halo first, uh, because I feel like this is going to be some entertaining discussion here, because we probably have all kinds of varying opinions. Um, I'll say this. I took notes when I was watching Halo. Wow. I literally have a note on my phone that I'm pulling up now, because I took notes. I did not take notes, but I will tell you that while I was watching the first episode... I laughed because there was a black commander guy and there was a hanger with a bunch of warthogs in the next scene. And so uh, I had said in the previous podcast that I had been watching Halo, even though it wasn't out yet. And you guys asked me what my favorite scene was. I said the black commander guy and the warthogs in the hangar. So <laughs> you did say that. <laughs> it did happen. I had a really good laugh about it. Uh, That's pretty funny. I forgot that you were pretending that you had seen it in the future. Yep, and I was I was actually sort of close. I was like seventy percent on describing a scene, which that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So first off, for some background on the Halo series, this is a series you know that obviously the games are over twenty years old now, and what? they've been trying to make either a Halo movie or series or something for over ten years. I, I know there's a lot of talk about how. Um, when District 9 came out, like there were a lot of weapons used in that movie that were technically prototypes for a Halo movie. I think that Neil Blomkamp was on deck to basically direct a Halo movie at some point, and obviously that never happened. Um, There have been talks dating back to as early as 2013 about a series, and that's actually when Steven Spielberg was attached to executive produce even back then, which he is still a name in the credits on the show. Steven Spielberg's an executive producer of Halo, which I feel like people aren't talking about. Like, we have the show out, but Spielberg's quietly a a producer on. Um, But, you know, it was... It was a given a 10-episode series order back in 2018 for Showtime. It was going to be on Showtime. And I don't know when exactly it shuffled, but at some point they, they moved it. Uh, looks like February 2021. The series was moved from Showtime to Paramount+. Plus. So I guess to probably increase, use, you know, viewers on the streaming service. Um, and here we are. It's on Paramount+. Plus. As of the recording now, there are two episodes available and um yeah so i guess what are y'all's before we get into the nitty-gritty details on it general thoughts where are y'all at on this show i know jahan's not the the as big of a halo fan in general i am not i I do not care for the series i don't have that like nostalgia i didn't grow up playing it with my friends really you know i went to one or two land parties but it's just not my thing like i don't the story has always been bland, uninteresting, with boring characters, uh, and just like a lack of like heart. You know, it's just bleh. It's just bleh. That's that's my opinion on it. Uh, but the show, so I, I like sci-fi. I like sci-fi TV a lot. Uh, honestly, like some solid sci-fi elements to this show. Um, I'm conflicted. I don't hate it. It's honestly much better than I was expecting. Because uh, I was expecting a giant, giant, just pile of dog shit. Uh, but it, it was better. It was better than that. It's watchable. At the very least, it's watchable. And it could even get to a point where it might be good. I don't know. I'm not writing it off yet. That's where I am right now. Gary? I also think that it could get to a point where it's good. Um, it's not there though. The first episode <laughs> is not the, the first episode was probably the best, uh, the better of the two so far. I would um, agree. And I think that the elites are absolutely awesome. The elites in motion are like terrifying and they're bestial and they're huge and they're violent. Um, watching them just mow down women and children and the gore in that show kind of took me back to, I wasn't expecting that. So uh, there were some really just brutal moments in the first episode where I was like, damn, we're in for a ride. But those were in like the first 20 minutes. And I think that's been the best part of the series so far. Uh, whenever it cuts to 
to Covenant Alien Homeworld and Denise Targaryen, mother of Covenant, is telling them all of the secrets. Uh, that's the dumbest shit I've ever seen. I'm so mad that there's yes. a blonde human woman who is advising the Covenant. Yes. Uh, that just, I was like, what in the absolute alert. dick? Uh, <laughs> then, then we get over to, uh, back to Earth, and it was exactly what I was afraid of. It's a bunch of politicians sitting around a table, except there are like 12 more people than I thought there would be. I thought it would be like five people mm. on the table, and instead there's like 11. Uh, and they just sit around and talk. And that's what I, actually, I was afraid of. I actually a like a bunch that. of people sitting around talking. I actually enjoyed that. Uh, I saw enough of that in The Expanse. And The Expanse does intergalactic politics better than Halo. The Expanse does. You're, you are not wrong. We are literally in episode one and two of the show in the UNSC put a murder hit on a child and like so those are supposed to be the mm, good guys mm, mm. so like now you've discounted the entire earth republic you can't trust anybody there because they're all pieces of shit master chief takes off his helmet in the first episode the guy who doesn't yeah. take off his helmet in the entire game series until like game five uh and it's just from behind uh it takes it off in episode one takes his armor off in episode two like what the f what is going on in this show? It is absolutely terrible for a Halo show. But like you said, Jahan, if it were just a sci-fi show, it's it's a pretty good sci-fi show. It's a decent sci-fi show. And because of that, it might be watchable. And when John slash Master Chief gets to the ring, which we've already were on the quest, he knows he's going to a Halo. When he gets there, maybe the story, maybe the show will pick up. Because Halo is, at its forefront to me, an action series. It's yeah. a first-person shooter action series. I do not need to see half action and half politics. That is not why anyone plays that game. Hmm. So, I actually pretty much agree with both of y'all on, on everything. Um which I know people are probably, you know, hoping for a big disagreement. I'll say the spin here is that I'm maybe like everything that you said, but with a little bit more positive of a spin on it. Um, but, but I, I mean, I agree. I feel like the show kind of, kind of has this weird uh, push and pull between it's, it's seriousness or, or trying to be serious, but also with kind of the cheese dick nature of this, of this series. Uh, and I don't know what other better word to use than that. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think I thought there were some fun moments. It's watchable. As you said, I will continue watching it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see more. Yeah. Um, but I, the second episode, I thought, kind of pulled it down a little bit compared to... I was much higher after the first episode. Um, I am also willing to separate myself from the source material and the show. Mm -hmm. I get that this is a separate thing from the game. I get that you have to make changes to make this into a show. Um, I, I don't even uh, argue much the choice to have Master Chief remove his helmet at some point. I'm shocked it happened in the first episode. Yeah. You know, and not later down later on down the line. They should um, have really given him the Mandalorian treatment. I, I cannot believe they unmasked him right out the gate. That that was very cheapening to the character. So on that note, you know, this show was announced back in twenty eighteen and it wasn't that long after that. I think the first season of The Mandalorian premiered in late twenty nineteen. Um and I feel like you could tell they saw the Mandalorian and they're like, oh, we need to pull in some of that into this show because I, I got that kind of energy from from Master Chief and the, the relationship with this girl or maybe what they want to do with it and just the overall vibes from Chief's character. You know, I, there are some similarities even from the game. All the right. So that girl's haircut is terrible. The Thank you. On the sides, Thank mullet. you. That is the worst. And then when they go meet his friend I'm and his friend's hair. wife has that giant blonde space hair. She looks like she stepped out of Hunger Games. I, it was another time when I was just like, damn, this show is just bad. Like, they don't even know what they're doing. It's just, they're just making mistakes left and right, hoping something pans out. I, I'm just so unhappy with it. You know, one of the things that really bugged me, too, is all the guns in the show. None of them are the guns from the game. Are they not? <laughs> no, and it's Some so easy. Were. Some, Some of them were. were. 
some, but there are so many assault rifles and battle rifles that aren't from the game. People just have these guns that aren't game models. Yeah, but I saw all all the uh, UNC so, had the right guns. All the they did not. I I only saw the real guns. I I guess I wasn't paying that close of attention. Mm-hmm. But the Spartans definitely were using the like SMG oh, and the pistol and the battle rifle. So the Spartans were pretty sick though when they were all fighting. They were. Uh, and the, that that one girl has like the magnetic holsters for her dual pistols. Mm-hmm. That was sick. <laughs> that was next level. Yeah, I mean, that scene got really. Yeah, you were right. That scene got bloody. I was like, wow. When that kid got like blasted in the very beginning, I was like, holy crap! Like that was crazy. Uh, FYI, first, watch out for gore. The yeah, first man. note that I have in my notes, which is what y'all said, was violent, no. which I was not expecting. No. So I I agree with what y'all said. I thought the first scene of the first episode though was is so far the high point of the series it's really good i was not expecting that much action i was not expecting that much blood and i was not expecting the brutality of the covenant um there's that point in in the first action scene where there's a bunch of women and children that are all huddled into like a separate room where all the while all the men are out fighting and an elite gets to that room and opens the door and looks at all of them and just guns all of them down i was i mean my jaw dropped i couldn't believe that they were going there but hey i mean it's an alien race and they're the bad guys like way to make them as bad as you possibly can so i was here for it but But they also i feel like they also make it you know obvious that the uh what do you what do you call them? UNCMC or whatever the 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 humans UNSC the UNSC would do the same, and you know like honestly the Spartans might have gunned all those exact same people down, and they even reference uh, Master Chief having done so in the past uh, where they isolate they you know what I mean, and I appreciate that because I don't think that they should be. Yeah, the good guy. Because <laughs> I don't think they, you know, I didn't play the games as closely or whatever. But you know, I, I, a war culture so the, cannot the game be moral. Is, you know, the game is a lot more like Alien yeah. and that Aliens universe, where Halo is like the Pelicans looked like the ripped right at an Alien, and sort of the assault rifles uh, and even the motion trackers. So it's it it is almost like a the the good guys versus the bad guys. There's yeah. the the UNSC is the entire alliance of Earth's militaries, and then the Covenant are the bad guys that are killing everyone. Yeah. And so to immediately make them the bad guys is like, okay, so now all of the Earth's militaries is the bad guy, and all of the Covenant is the bad guy. Like, you really yes. cheapened, you cheapened everything right out the gate. See, I feel that's better, honestly. <laughs> I feel like that's much more accurate. <laughs> Yeah, and so just to give kind of like a general overview for people who haven't watched the show uh, of kind of what the the general plot, like like basically ba- most bare bones plot is that there's this attack on the town at the beginning. There's one survivor. Chief Chief has the girl, is ordered to basically execute her, bring her in. Terrible haircut. She has a terrible haircut. That and it's oh, and it's, that basically goes goes on the run with her and. Prior to him leaving with her, he also found this uh, crazy Covenant artifact that seems to unlock his own memories from when prior prior to him being a Spartan. And that's that's basically it, right? It's like Chief is on the run with this girl and he's got this crazy artifact. That's that's I mean, that's about it, right? That's that's it. Yep. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just I don't know. It it seems a little bit derivative, but I mean, I'm 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 here for it. I did just to go through some of these notes in that first action scene. Of course, they had to use some of these cheesy first person viewpoints from Master Chief <laughs> that reminded me of the Doom yeah, movie, Doom movie that, yeah. that The Rock was in back in the day. Um, that movie's underrated. <laughs> movie's underrated. I have not seen it in a long time, but I doubt that, my mm. friend. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. It's not probably not underrated. It's underrated, but it got to a point for me. One of my notes after that says, "Okay, get all the gaming references in while you can," <laughs> because it seemed like the first scene was the big action scene, but it had a lot of nods to the games. Like, okay, let's you know by the by the end of it, I'm like, okay, how many more references here are you gonna do? Yeah, I um, loved that the active camo. You hear one of the elites fired up, and it sounds exactly like the active camo from the game. That yeah, the, cool. the shield sounded the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot, a lot of that, those cool touches. Yeah, 
think it showed their radar at one point or when it showed the HUD of from Chief's visor, like it looked pretty similar to the game. You know, and that's fine. You know, I, I figured they'd do that kind of stuff at some yeah. point. I um, I like it. I'll call it fan service and I like it. Fair. I, I'm not arguing that. Uh, but then my next note is from when it turned changed to like the politicians and the scientists and all that. My next note is science stuff brain turned off. That's what I put for my note because that's when I, I started to kind of fade. Um, and then I also had a note about, again, talking about things being derivative. There's a part where the other Spartans suit up. And it is straight out of Iron Man, like them walking into the platform and the way the iron, the like machines place the Spartan armor on them looks straight up like an Iron Man suit up from one of the Marvel movies, right? Yes, yeah. but what else do you do? That looks dope as hell. It does. I'm not, yeah, I won't take in, away from uh, it there. In the beginning of Halo Combat Evolved, you just come out of a tube already dressed in your armor. Yeah. So I'll, yeah. I'll let them take the. They can use the Iron Man approach. They definitely Iron Man than... it, but I yeah I agree. I think it's fine. Uh, on it, so we're back to it. Uh, as a sci-fi, I actually think this is pretty decent. Uh, I I liked it a lot better than I thought I would. Um, I wonder how many seasons this is actually going to go for. I do you know anything about the response? Like how how are the the viewing numbers? Do you know anything? I don't, I don't know the viewership. That's a good question. I do know that Microsoft's been doing what they can to get people to see this. I think the first episode's available on YouTube for free. I think that through Game Pass, you can watch the show for free. Game Pass and has made... a... Uh... So if you have Xbox Game Pass, go check it out. You have perks. Go to your perk section. If you didn't know you had one, these are like non-game related things that you can redeem. And one of them is a Paramount Plus trial. So you get... So, yeah. Just looking at, uh, this is just from Wikipedia, so it's not anything super official, but it does say reception. The first season currently holds a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes based on 47 reviews. Not bad. An average rating of 6 out of 10. The website's critics consensus reads, Halo is too derivative of better science fiction series to emerge a fully formed elite, but glimmers <laughs> of promise and faithfulness to the source material signal it's not out of the fight just yet. Which wow. I feel like is pretty much exactly, exactly what you said. Yeah, yeah that's exactly that's pretty what, much what we've been saying. Yeah, that's funny. And I would have I would have given it a six out of ten because it's just barely watchable. Yeah. Just barely, just barely watchable. Uh yeah, no, I've seen better sci-fis than this get canned. Uh one good example i think gary might agree with me defiant if you remember defiant i like that show how about terra nova terra nova yeah that show went down before it had its day i think Mm -hmm. a lot a lot of sci-fis get canned that are better than this get canned i think that this one's uh star power uh and by star power i mean the, the the source material none of the actors are anybody that i'm aware of uh which is interesting in its own right but uh, I think the fact that this has the Halo logo might allow it to have a few seasons, and maybe it'll be pretty decent. Oh, speaking of the actors in it, so Pablo Schreiber plays Master Chief, mm-hmm. and he's been in a few... I've seen him in some things, and I actually like him in a lot of the stuff that he's in. Like, um, he's in a movie called Den of Thieves that I like. Um, he was in that 13 Hours movie, the Michael Bay movie with... Uh, Jim from the office. To, his name's escaping me. Uh, John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. Yes, thank you. Um, he's been in some other stuff, but the thing that I think he kind of first was was really notable for was if you ever saw the series Orange is the New Black. Um, he was Pornstash, the guard in from Orange is the New Black, which sometimes in this I see him and I imagine <laughs> that's Ash and I, and I see it, but um, I don't find it to be too distracting. I think he's fine. I think that when he was <laughs> this isn't credit credit to him really when he's in i would say the chief armor looks good on screen there are some times when he's moving and it does kind of have like a cardboard look to it almost like the megazord from old power <laughs> rangers tv shows mm, yeah. where you can tell you know it's that it's light but they add the kind of thumping sound effects to add the weight to it but but for the most part on screen i'd say it looks pretty good and I think that his voice was good, too. Like, when he's in the armor and the effects on the voice, it sounded good. Um, as we already said, the helmet comes off in the first episode, so you see his face and you hear him talk. And it's so much less effective 
when you can see him and hear his normal voice compared to when the helmet's on and you hear the voice kind of like as if it's coming from the suit. Uh, that's something that I, I feel like I don't mind. Again, I don't mind the helmet coming off if you're going to do that for the plot of the show. I get it. It's the TV show. It's a visual medium. You you want to do that. But, but the suit looked cool and the voice sounded cool, just like in Mandalorian. Suit the same was thing. There's a reason why they waited good. a long time before they showed his face. They took the helmet off so that he could show humanity to the to the girl. Yeah. But Mandalorian shows humanity through a helmet all the time. It can be done with body it can language. Be done. It, can be, it can be done with directing and music. You don't have to take off a helmet. It's just so, and like you said, it wasn't powerful. It didn't have the effect or the response that they wanted it to. I promise you. So here's here's one thing that confuses me a little bit, a little bit, a little confused here. So, right, spoiler alert. Uh, so they like made the auction. We've been, we've been spoiling this thing all. Already, I mean, I'd say <laughs> yeah, we have it. Full uh, spoilers. They, spoiler. they deoxygenate everything, right, including the interior of his suit, right? Um, he like in a in a less oxygenated state manages to like turn the oxygen back on. He shrugs it off for the ship, right? Yeah, but he does not remove his helmet to breathe. Which means that his hel- that his suit is still an under oxygenated environment because he didn't fix it. No, uh, he shrugged it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like all of a sudden, he he was just standing there fine until like up until he took his helmet off, which is the point where he should have been fine breathing the air that he fixed. But like his suit was just better all of a sudden because she could breathe again. It didn't make any sense. I just want to put that out there. It irked me, and I'm glad we could talk about it. Yeah, I'm glad you put that out there. I didn't catch that one, and that show is not great. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll keep watching and report okay. back. It, it was way better than I expected, honestly. Yeah, I the only other notes that I had were her. I noted just that the prophets were in it. Like that surprised me. That like, oh man, we're getting the elites, we're getting the covenant, we're getting the prophets, we're getting all that. And the prophets didn't look that bad to me on screen. The but aliens see, looked so good. I I thought they looked all right. The I aliens look good. So, Jahan, the uh, the prophets are the ones that are in, like, the High Council for the Covenant. They're the ones who sit in the chairs, mm-hmm. and they float around and have the kind of gangly neck. With the little uh, doodads? Yeah, with oh. the little doodads on their faces. So they weren't in, like, the first. They definitely weren't in the first game, but maybe they were in the second. And they were definitely they were, in the They third. were in the second. And so they were like kind of boss fights where you had to fight them in their flying chairs. With I remember fighting them in their flying chair, actually, now you mention it. Because I have played the games. Just, yeah, that was just one know. of those things where, yeah, I'm, I didn't, I'm, I'm with you, Drew. I didn't think we would see profits that soon, right out the gate. Um, and I did think we would see some grunts by now. I'm surprised right? we've only seen elites. I believe the first fight that it was all elites, I was waiting for some grunts. So please let the grunt. To be in the show, I love the grunts. Have you uh, ever read any of the books about the grunts? About how terrifying they are? In I have in not read books? any of the Halo books, and I know uh, that there's a lot of fans of them. In the books, the grunts run like hordes. There's like hundreds and hundreds of them that charge at once. It's not just like two standing around a corner with a plasma pistol. And they're like ravenous dogs. And so they just run over and chew and bite and tear people apart. Uh, and they have plasma pistols that melt right through human flesh and through armor, so they're like the awful. plasma weapons were cool in this. So yeah, yeah th- they did a lot of cool like it, sci-fi. This is solid. It's a solid sci-fi series worth watching if you're a fan of sci-fi. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Yes, the the auction thing bugged me. Uh, the human in the covenant was dumb. Uh, mm. <laughs> like even I know that that was wrong. <laughs> like immediately, yeah, like, what I don't are really you doing? The Look, man, Cortana in the pod with like the bald headed Cortana in the pod. Stupid. Also, also dumb. Yeah, I thought that was silly. Like the weird human version of Cortana and the stretch to make it like a human based AI. I don't know. It's all strange. Just make and Cortana she, an If AI. it's human based, it is not an AI. <laughs> it's just an eye. <laughs> she's wearing a uh, like a wetsuit, but it stops at like her knees so that when you walk in the room, you see her in this pod. With her like knees up in the most uncomfortable, unnatural position, where you can see her like bare legs, but the rest of her is all wrapped up. I'm like, what is the 
like does your ai's shins need to breathe what the what is this what is she wearing and why <laughs> why are her shins on display like this this is a strange thing happening here it's for it's for the uh the 1920s audience <laughs> I see some Ooh. ankles there. <laughs> Look at them legs. I hope my wife doesn't catch me gandering at them games. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, I'd pay a nickel to see them legs, and I would. <laughs> I'd pay a dime to see them twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually had the Cortana cliffhanger as a note of, like, the show just kind of ended. I was expecting more of a cliffhanger in the second episode. It just kind of ended with that. I thought that was a little bit abrupt. Um, I did note that I thought the pelican in motion looked good. I thought the warthogs in motion looked good. Um, but I also had a note, Gary, you kind of touched on this, but I said, oh yeah, a halo ring. Because finally in the <laughs> second episode, they alluded to go, you know, to the ring, to a halo. And I and it took me a second. I was like, oh yeah, this is halo. Like this is a halo show. And there's been no, no visual or anything regarding an actual halo ring until midway through the second episode so i made a note of that so it sounds like we might be seeing the actual halo ring soon which i would love that i'd love the change of scenery give me like the trees and the and the outdoor environment with chief in it like i want to see those visuals that would maybe help set it aside set it apart from some other sci-fi stuff if we can see some cool environments and and see something new and it makes me wonder like are we gonna get the flood in, oh, in yeah. the show Oh yeah, we're, seems oh, like yeah. we're definitely going to get the flood. Uh, I think we are, and I think that's why the show is going to get good, and that's probably where season one will end. Season one will probably end with Master Chief right outside the vaults of the flood, so people who are fans of the series will be like, oh shit, anyone else will be like, I wonder what's behind that terrifying door number one. <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to see where they go. I'm not sure. I'm going to assume... It's going to be 10 episodes, but I'm actually not positive. Oh, uh, yeah. So earlier I said that none of the actors were from anything. I assume some of them were from stuff I don't know. But uh, the the other Spartan that, like, left being a Spartan uh, on the space rock, he's in a bunch of stuff. And, uh, he, you know, because he was in Spider-Man. Uh, and I also yeah, believe... Yeah, he was one of the Shockers. Right? Yeah, he was one of the Shockers. Uh and I was looking it up. Uh, he was in The Rock, uh, if you remember. And I thought that was him. And I was like, but there's no way because he still he hasn't aged a day somehow. He he's a classic that guy. He is um, a classic that guy. Yeah. His name's Bokeem Woodbine. Mm. He kind of looks like Dave Chappelle. A yes, bit. doesn't he? He looks like action Dave Chappelle. I thought the same thing. Interesting. But definitely a classic that guy who's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, like looking at his filmography, like he was even in Ghostbusters Afterlife mm. recently. But like I couldn't, I don't remember him from it. Like he's just been in a ton of stuff. Uh, I but you see him you're like yeah, I think I do guy. remember him in it. I think he was somebody's father, one of the kids' fathers. He he was a recurring member of the cast of one of Gary's favorites, Wu Tang in American Saga. Wu Tang. Uh, does he play power? He plays Jerome? Oh, okay, yeah, Jerome's not a big role. That is the mom's new husband, and they moved away. Uh, he's, he's, I mean, he's just a that guy. <laughs> yep, yep. He plays so. a that guy in that show. He's got, he's in like four scenes, maybe in four episodes, maybe. Well, is there, is there anything else about Halo that we have to add? I feel like we've we've been pretty thorough. Yeah, it's been pretty thorough. I'm, Whenever I'm this show is done with production, I need someone to get me a warthog. Yeah, they looked that's, cool. That's my last note. I need one. Whenever the show's done and wrapped, wherever these get off to, I need one. Let's just, you know, we could, we could just make one. That's okay. Yeah, you can make. I'll, I'll, I'm fine with that. I need one. I need a warthog. I'll 3D with print maybe, you a, a, car, a custom car kit. With maybe like a, a paintball minigun on the back. Be cool. Well, on that note, we'll end with talking about Moon Knight. Y'all want to talk about the first episode of Moon Knight that what? premiered earlier this week? Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. I, I So I was so excited to watch this. Uh, I ran home after work. I had some food. 
sat down. I watched it with my mom, because uh, you know she, as you guys are aware, she is a big Marvel fan as well. I loves the MCU. Man, I this show is dope, man. I really liked it. I liked his character. Uh, I wasn't expecting him to act the way he was, like his his voice and his uh, accent and all that. Very interesting. I uh, wasn't expecting it. I liked it. Gary, I'd say of of us, I know you've been a fan of Moon Knight for a long time, at least dating back to when we would read comics, and he was a, an especially more, um, I guess, lesser known character back then, more so. Um, how, where are you at on Moon Knight? So one of my fears with this show is that from all the previews, it looked like it was just going to be uh, Oscar Isaacs running around scared, like sort of like <laughs> Tom Hardy and Venom. Yeah, which I which I did not like that approach, and I was like, boy, if this is going to be ten episodes of this, this show is going to be boring and bad at some point. But he isn't just running around scared. Uh, there is comedic relief already. The uh, that's one of the big things about Moon Knight is he hears different voices and has these alternate personalities, and a lot of times they are funny. Uh, they play jokes, they kind of interrupt his life and mess with things he's got going and vice versa, and they almost compete with each other in a sort of way. And I was afraid that was not going to carry over. And it looks like it is going to carry over. It looks like he is going to be himself and also Mark Spector and also inhabited by uh, a curse or some kind of ancient power. Um, I thought it was cool that Moon Knight didn't start us straight into like his origin story, how he got the power where we are. He's already got it right. He's already, he's already got the sand around his bed he already sleeps with shackles on. He's already got tape on the door. It doesn't explain that why to us at all. Uh, we're going to get caught up on that later, I suppose, which I like that they just kind of dove in with it and, and assumed that we'd figure it out because we will viewers aren't stupid. We understand comic books. Uh, I'm glad they took this approach. Um, great action sequences in the first episode. I I don't know if they're going to be able to keep it up. So good, man. The stealing a cupcake truck, like boom, straight up thumbs up for me. (laughs) I asked Jahan when the superhero games, I'm always trying to steal vehicles. Uh, so stealing a cupcake truck is great. Wake me up before you go go. Playing on the radio. That, trying to reclaim that from Zoolander. <laughs> like that's fantastic. I was so my, happy. Yeah, man. I had a I had a huge smile on my face during that scene. Uh, and then of course the car pops into reverse. He uses a cupcake as a weapon. He throws a gun at a car. <laughs> he like was they're... smearing the cupcake in that guy's <laughs> eyes. It there wasn't. So many... It was strawberry or something. It wasn't like spicy. <laughs> like it was just a cupcake. It was fantastic. There were just so many good moments in that first episode. So that, many. Yeah. That I I wonder if you can have that many good moments every episode. Uh, eventually he'll get better with his power right and he'll just turn into moon knight or let mark handle it and it'll become the problem solving mechanism for everything right so then he won't be shoving cupcakes in people's See, faces they're maybe putting uh, but it is moon knight he wakes up in the middle of fields he's kind of crazy yeah. so sometimes his power doesn't work he's neurotic he's an insomniac um i when the episode ended the only thing I wanted was like another one or two scenes. I wanted a little bit more Moon Knight, and I still want more Moon Knight. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the put, putting uh, his alter ego in the forefront like that, his uh, museum working, you know, unobtrusive self uh, at the forefront leads me to believe that they're aware that they shouldn't you know, make him use his powers to solve everything all the time. Uh, I'm hopeful. And also, uh, so this is, if I'm not mistaken, this is going to be six episodes? Correct. It's going to be very concentrated dose. I hope they do keep it up. You're right. There's a lot of really good moments. I love, man, that first moment where he just kind of like passes out and wakes up all bloody and like, was that was such a cool way to show that. It was so jarring. Uh, and it was just a really cool way to show that kind of disassociation. Cause like, I knew what was going on, but I looked at my mom, she was like, what was that? Like, she was like all excited. She thought it was really cool too. Um, I don't you know. know I, like I have, it. I've traditionally not been a fan of Oscar Isaacs. I think he's pretty boring. Uh, Love him. but I, th- 
I thought he was real, real good in this. That's uh, that's cool. I, th- I, th- I think he's great at being uh, terrified and funny and charming, and he uh, he's good at playing these different characters. He had this scene where he was supposed to meet a girl for dinner. Mm. She ended up not being there, and then just watching him go through the range of emotions of sadness uh, and then order uh, himself a steak kind of absentmindedly just watching that maybe 15 second breakdown Dude. was a great emotional ride. Uh, so I am no longer in the camp that he's always boring. I'm in the camp that he's mostly boring. Uh, but really good in Moon Knight. I'm glad you like him in Moon Knight. Yeah, no, that scene with There's the steak. Never gonna let, never gonna let it go. Uh-uh. His take on Oscar Isaac because he knows how much I like Oscar Isaac in I, general. I also I like Oscar Isaac. I don't give a damn what either of you think about Oscar Isaac. I think he's boring. And I think he's good in Moon Knight. It's not to spite you guys, trust me. Um, now Gary's always hated him. Uh, <laughs> but I agree. I haven't been able to give a, a, a take yet. I want to say so so I agree. I, I, I really enjoyed the first episode. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see more. I'm not like all in yet, I'd say. like I, I thought it was really solid. It left me wanting more, but I need to see more to be like, is this going to be the best of the Marvel streaming shows? You know, that kind of thing, which I do think it's interesting. I had the realization that this is the first of these, the MCU streaming shows that's about a character that hasn't been introduced yet in any of the movies or anything. Because so far we had WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, and Hawkeye. That's a good which, point. You know, Hawkeye, of course, introduced Kate Bishop, who's going to be a bigger part of the MCU going forward, but still had Jeremy Renner there. This is, you know, there's been no other MCU ties in this one yet. And I thought it stood alone really well. Um, and and that's, thought, sort of, uh, that's sort of back to what I was saying, where it it, uh, it really, well, damn. No, I forgot what I was saying. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Uh, I was just going to say, I you talked about the action scene at the end, the, the car chase, and I loved the the blackouts integrated into the scene and and pushing it along. I thought that worked really well. I think Oscar Isaac's really good and is really doing a good job of carrying the show. I feel like if you didn't have Oscar Isaac in that role and didn't have that energy, I don't know if the show would work as well. Like he's, it's really hinging on him so far and he's, he's doing really well. I think he's doing a great job. I also thought Ethan Hawke was awesome. Uh, I was very happy with uh, he he he's cool man he was uh, I don't know you believe that he believes in what he's saying and that's hard to oh. do when you're playing a crazy person. Uh, it's a good bad guy. It's a very good bad. guy. It's a good bad guy. I loved the opening of of the glass and the sandals and that introduction to Ethan Hawke's bad guy. Mm. I love Ethan Hawke in general. Um, but I, I was like, oh yeah, I'm 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 in for this for sure. Um, I think what I was gonna say was that it, it really does stand alone and it like you said there's no there's no hero to hold his hand or introduce him there is no origin story as a little kid to let you know what happened to him there's just this superhero thing that Disney released there now um and it's really good <laughs> it's it's real good I know that's a really good point he's just this dude that has this dissociative identity disorder and you, and you realize very quickly that one of his personalities or whatever is, is this kind of is the superhero like I love that I love that we're just kind of thrown into his yeah. crazy world so I was so I was a little unclear because uh, you guys were saying that he'd been Moon Knight the whole time or whatever like so in my mind when I was watching right he just had disassociative disorder and was like, uh, what do you call it? Not moonwalking, <laughs> sleepwalking. There you go. That's what Moon Knight does. He moonwalks. Uh, he was sleepwalking uh, and being like this mercenary character, right? He's being like this badass, like, I'm a mercenary. I go, you know, soldier fortune. I go to like Kuwait and take out, you know, whatever. Uh, but then when he woke up in that field with the scarab, I thought was the first moment that it was like, oh, the mercenary persona during one of his missions came across the supernatural artifact. So, like, I'm not sure if I'm wrong in thinking that. Uh, if, like, that was when he actually... Because that was the first time he started hearing uh, the voice. Um, and so I thought that was where he became Moon Knight. But I could be wrong. He could have been at long. You might be right. 
that might be the scarab might be what turned him into Moon Knight. Uh, I took it as that's sort of whatever the other side of him uh, has been doing with its time is mm. collecting these these sort of Egyptian artifacts. Oh yeah, yeah. But it you you very well could be right. I'm, yeah, I'm no, you got see that's the thing we don't really know yet, and that's cool. I like. I like the ambiguity. I like the fact that there's still, like, a mystery. It's not, like, just bleh. You know, like, it's not info dump. This is what's going on. Like, you still got to find out with the character. You got to learn with the character. Uh, I think I think they have another hit here, man. I know that, you know, I'm a fan of Marvel. I show my <laughs> t-shirt. This is Marvel. Uh, you know, and I don't know if people just think I'm biased, but it's really good. The MCU is really good, and the shows are really good. And to your point... This is one of the first times where they're introducing a character through the TV medium format. Uh, and there's another one coming up. They're doing Kamala Khan in the same way. Uh, and so that's pretty cool. I, I did not watch the trailer for that yet, but I heard that she had like big energy. Yes, arms. they changed her powers. Uh, uh, I do not like. Yeah, it's so it's definitely it's something I understand. Because, I mean, you've seen stretchy people on t- on movies and stuff. It looks dumb. Uh, and it looks bad. I think that they did it for aesthetic reasons, mostly. Uh, and I also think that it, they're keeping her powers in the same vein as uh, Captain Marvel and... Uh, what's Rambo's superhero name? Gosh, I can't remember. Uh, uh, but I think they're trying to keep her powers in that like light family, uh, to like also tie it in, because the MCU definitely has like a different, you know, power origin. A lot of things are very tied to the Infinity Stone story uh, as a power origin and that kind of thing. So I'm okay with it. I also was looking forward to seeing her go all big and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen this before. So in Young Justice, uh. I mean, obviously, you, you you remember Justice Friends, you remember Apache Chief, he would get all big, right? Yes, I did. You're right, they did do that in Young they Justice. They did that really to cool. Ty Longshadow, and instead of yeah. getting all big, he astral projected and walked with an energy golem as his outer shell to be yeah. a giant without being silly. And I, I liked it a lot then, and I think I might like it a lot now. Uh, it was pretty sick in Young Justice, no right? lie. But I, I do wish that they had stuck with the with, with all of her original story and her original powers. Uh, I like the Inhumans storyline, mm. uh, and I like oh, the, yeah. Kamala Khan's point of view. Her point of view is what makes that storyline so important. And uh, I think you take a lot away from her by taking that away from her. I so get, at I least, they, they at least to have the powers the, the same. I think they had planned to have the. Inhumans be a bigger part of the MCU, but then that TV show just failed. Bombed so hard. So hard. Yeah. Disregarded it entirely. Yeah, I, I forgot that she the, was uh, Inhuman, and I also really enjoy the Inhuman storyline. So They also don't need to worry about the Inhuman storyline anymore because they got the mutants back. They do. And so they can let the Inhumans crash and burn and they can make mutant stuff again. Right. We we can talk about this. We can keep going down this rabbit hole. We, we should stop. Uh well, let's just say Moon Knight. What do you think, Jahan? Is it fresh? It's certified fresh out the box, 1,000%. What do you yeah, think, I, Drew? Is there any freshness coming out of the Moon Knight box? I would definitely certify it fresh. I was I was maybe kind of on the line, but then there was the scene of of him speaking to the living statue, and that, that definitely <laughs> made it where it was certified fresh. That's like the third scene. <laughs> <laughs> no, that scene's great. Uh, he, I just character... loved that scene. I wanted to shout it out because I, yeah, I his... it made me happy, and it was so bizarre him talking to him and unloading all his secrets there. But but I right his character was so weird that I bought it. It was so funny. Yeah, I love that his character's so weird and introverted that his only friend is a living statue outside the museum that doesn't talk. We to don't him. know that they're friends. We it's very one sided uh, so far. They might be. The... That might be the best friendship he has, though. It might be, yeah. It, it almost alludes to that. I, I greatly enjoy the the unattentive guard that can't stop watching auto uh, otter videos. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of good stuff in this show. I think they have another hit. I think they somehow did it again. Like this is like hitting 
like WandaVision goodness for me. Like this is, I, I really I completely enjoy. agree. We are only on one episode. It's early to see how it pans out, but it does look like it's probably going to be better than Falcon Soldier and Loki and maybe Hawkeye, depending on how things go. Yeah. Hawkeye is really good, but yeah, I, I agree. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely be talking about it more in the coming weeks. I'm sure we'll, uh, you know, as we do our kind of what we've been watching updates, we'll have occasional Moon Knight uh, thrown in there. But we'll, you know, we'll probably talk about it more at length when the finale eventually comes out. We can talk about it, the series as a whole. But Hell yeah. otherwise, um, you know, we'll be coming out next week with another update of just all the different things that we've been watching, you know, shorter form compared to these longer reviews that we did today. Uh, but yeah, where can everybody find y'all? Hey, I'm Jahananan. You can find me at RockFact on Twitter if you want to come yell at me about my opinions, apparently. They're controversial. It's me, Casualty CDG, and you can find me at Casualty CDG. If you like tabletop role-playing games a la Dungeons & Dragons, uh, you should come by. See Jahan and I every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. Central Standard Time at twitch.tv backslash Jahananan or go to YouTube and check for Fresh Out the Box or our Facebook. Now, we're always there streaming games. Uh, and of course, Fresh Out the Podcast is available where all podcasts are available. Tell your friends to go give us a five-star rating somewhere. Uh, we're doing less cursing than ever and we would really appreciate it if you gave us like a four or five-star review just to... Uh, just as like a pat on the back. That's true. Also, I, I, Tiny Tina's Wonderland is out now on all systems. You should play it with your friends. Unless you like good games. <laughs> and I am Drew Munhausen at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. Thank you for listening to episode 39 of Fresh Out the Podcast. Catch you next time. Stay fresh. <laughs>